Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Great. I'm going to move this just a little bit forward here. Yeah, like uh, Pastor Kyle said, we've spent the week in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and um, so I'm not going to try to refer to you as y'all, but everywhere we went, that's what we were referred to as y'all. And it's like, you know, the California version of that is, hey guys, or you guys. But when you are in the South, all you hear is y'all. So y'all ready to hear some preaching? All right, let's, let's get into God's Word. And you, you just need to know the way God's economy works as well, that, um, you know, it's, it, it's not free to go to Nashville. Uh, you know, uh, flights and uh, food and hotel and then transportation when you get there. And it was through the generosity of one of the donors to Legacy Church that funded this trip for us. So nothing was taken out of the church budget to do this. And so we are just so grateful uh, for the donors uh, who uh, constantly and consistently give to Legacy Church. Up and above tithe, and, uh, they, they just give out of their generosity, and we are so grateful for it. Well, last week, uh, Pastor Kyle uh, preached a message on prayer, and um, I, I, I thought he did a great job with it. And uh, I, I enjoy prayer. Now, now, when I say I enjoy prayer, I enjoy it. My wife loves it. I mean, she, she thrives on, on spending time and extended amounts of time in the presence of God. And what a blessing that has been to our home over the years. Uh, last week, Pastor Kyle said, uh, gave us the statistic that the average pastor, the average pastor in America only prays for about seven minutes a day. That is anemic at best. People in the congregation, uh, I think their average is more like four minutes, three to four minutes a day. And so we sometimes wonder why we have anemic Christians, and that is part of the answer, is people need to pray. Um, he uh, alluded to a couple of verses, uh, James chapter 5, verse 17, the effect of fervent prayer, the righteous person avails much or accomplishes much. Uh, he also uh, quoted 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, that says, basically, pray always. In other words, don't just make prayer like a, a conversation that you have with God, and instead of saying over and out, we have Christianized it, and we use the word amen, meaning, God, I'm finished. You know, the ball game is ready to begin, or uh, I've got to go to work, so, uh, or I, I, I've got to get to a class, or whatever your thing is, it, it, it's, it's there. It's a part. So we just say, amen. 
But true prayer and true relationship with God is more than that. It means that we can have God with us at any moment of the day. And instead of saying, oh, amen, uh, a couple of months ago when I preached, I, I tried to encourage people, don't use the word amen. Just dro drop it for a while. Amen means so be it. But just when you're done talking to God, just stop talking to him. Like every time you see your friend, when you're done with the conversation, do you always say, conversation over, it's done, bye? No, that would be kind of, kind of weird, wouldn't it? If you treated your spouse that way, that would be kind of weird, you know? You just have ongoing, free-flowing conversations, and that's the way prayer is. But one of the verses that Kyle, uh, Pastor Kyle used last Sunday that I, I want to I, I zoom in on a little bit and kind of head in a different direction is out of John, John chapter 15, verse 7. And this is what it says. John 15, 7, uh, out of the uh, New Living Translation says, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. A lot of times when we read that passage of Scripture, we tend to think, okay, so this is what I'm going to focus on, the last part of that. Ask anything you want and it will be granted because that's the good stuff right there. That's the, that's the uh, kind of like the, the, the cream of prayer. Ask anything you want. It's like, wow, anything I want, God. Okay, here we go. I have got my wish list. But that's, that's the result. That's the result of spending time in prayer. That is not, that is not just where you start with of saying, okay, God, here's my wish list. Gimme, 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 and then go on from there. But if you remain in me, that's, that's the prayer, remaining in Christ or in this relationship, this, this conversation, this, this two-way street of you and God being together. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. What does that mean to have his word remain in you. Basically, we have anemic prayer in people. Okay, let's just be honest with ourselves. Can we, can we just be honest today, or do you want to be dishonest? Honest. Okay, good. Let, 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 thank you for that. Man, one person wants to be honest. Okay, how many would say, I need to pray more? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Good, you're, you're honest. How many would raise your hand and say, I need God's word in my life more than I have it? Okay, those are very honest responses. But we have anemic prayer in people, and because people are anemic in their prayer life, they are weak believers. And... We also have anemic scripture readers. We have anemic scripture readers. 
When was, and, and I'm not looking for a, a show of hands here, but when was the last time you just spent, let's say, a half an hour and just read God's Word? Just th- think about that. When was the last time you did that? Some people can say, well, I, d- I did that yesterday, and that's great. But some people have to really think, wow, how long ago was that that I, uh, that I did that? Again, we have an anemic scripture readers. We have anemic prayer people. And because of that, we have a weak and an anemic church. Not saying legacy church, but just the church in general. Okay? We are weak because we are prayerless and we are, I don't even know how to say this, we are Bible readerless. We're not taking in God's word the way we should. You have heard Pastor Kyle several times mention that we need to be a church of self-feeders. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to raise a culture. We're trying to raise an army of self-feeders. Now, what is a self-feeder? Well, um, a self-feeder is one who can feed themselves. Okay, we, we just love having our little grandson around, little Levi. You know, he's, he's a cool little dude. He's, you know, two and a half years old. And, uh, man, it, it's funny to watch him, uh, watch him eat. But uh, sometimes it's also a mess to watch him eat. But if, if we constantly, you know, take out the applesauce and just feed it to him bite after bite, he is not going to become a self-feeder. He is going to be dependent and, and just always just kind of sit there and say, ah, ah, you know. There comes that point when even with a, a little child, you have to put a fork or a spoon in their hand because we want our children to become self-feeders, okay? Christians are the same way. There comes that point, yes, we want you to come to church and, and, and enjoy God's word and enjoy the fellowship and enjoy being together, but you also need to get to that point of realizing that, you know what, there is much more to my Christian life than what happens between 10 and 11.30 on Sunday mornings. I've got the rest of the week to deal with. I need to be a self-feeder. So that's really what we want. So we want people to get into God's Word. So I want to just give you three very basic things. And some of this I'm sure you have heard before on reading God's Word and on really digesting God's Word. The first thing is very simple. Read the Scriptures. Read the Scriptures. You know, um, having a Bible sit on your shelf, you don't take it in through telepathy. You can't just say, oh, that's good. I, oh, 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 yeah, I like that. No, you, if you want to get into God's Word, you, you've, got, you've got to open the book. You've got to open the book. Now, you know what? Um, uh, first thing I want to say is just this. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, come down hard on what version of the Bible that that you want to read. Some people like to read. Oh, I don't know, like New American Standard. That's okay. There was Kellen. Uh, 
uh, some people like New International Version, the NIV. Some people like the New Living Translation or the New uh, uh, the English Standard Version or the, the New King James Version or whatever version you like. Great. Get into it. We're not here to say, oh, well, you read that version, so you are one of those kind of people. That's not the way the Bible is. If you really want to know the truth from me, I don't think there really are any bad versions of the Bible. Okay, there are, there are some that, that I like better than others, but guys, you've got to get in to the Word of God. We had a, a birthday party at our house and we were in Northern California and it was my dad's 85th birthday. And uh, after dinner and everything, uh, my, my brother looked at my dad in front of all of his grandkids. I think, I don't know how many grandkids were there. I think there was like 19 of them. And then like all of his, his, uh, his kids and their spouses were there. And, you know, dad, you're 85 years old. What, what, what wisdom do you have that you would like to share? You know what he said? Read the word. Plain and simple. Read the word. Now you see, for, for, for my dad to say that was, was quite interesting because my dad never finished high school. I did not see my dad sitting around the house in the evenings reading books. That was not, that was not really who he was. But my dad had a love for this book. For God's word. And because of that, he was a self-feeder of God's word. When he, turned, um, when he turned 60 years old, on his 60th birthday, uh, one of my brothers gave him a children's one-year Bible. And it's like, why would you give a 60-year-old man a children's one-year Bible? And he said, Dad, he goes, we have given the same book and I think that at that time their son was like eight years old or so. And he said, we've given the same Bible to our son because my dad's birthday is towards, was towards the end of the year. The, like, uh, December, well, December uh, 22nd was his birthday. So uh, they wanted to give the Bible to him and to their son and have them read the Bible through that year together. And so my dad picked up the challenge and said, hey, you know what, if my grandson who's eight can do it, I'm 60, I can do it. And so my dad read the Bible through that year on that, with that children's Bible. I was like, great. The next year, it became interesting to my dad, more interesting to, to read the Bible through. So he read the Bible through again and again and again and again and again and again. Every year... And he was almost done with the Bible when he passed away, reading it through for the 31st time in a row. Every year, for 30 years. He, he, he almost made it to 31. But he became a, a, a real self-feeder. When he said that, that night, just read the word more, it kind of sparked something in me. It's like, well, I'm a pastor. Of course I read the Bible. I read the Bible all the time, like when I study and, and prepare messages. But yet, I, I thought at that point, how many times have I systematically 
read the Bible through. And I think at that point in time, uh, I had read the Bible through, I think, twice, where I just read it, you know, basically cover to cover. So I purposed, and Barbara purposed in her heart, to start reading the Bible through. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to try to read the Bible through out of five different versions five years in a row. And so it's like, okay, I, that's, that's what, I, uh, what, what I set out to do. This is now year nine for me. And because once I got into it, it's like, okay, I, 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 I got a rhythm to it. But I had to start somewhere. I had to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere when you are reading God's word. If you want to start in the New Testament, great. Start like with the book of John is what I often will tell people. And just get to know Jesus and who he was. If you want something a little bit bigger, man, start in the book of Matthew and just read the New Testament through. If you want something bigger than that, start in the book of Genesis and just read the whole, the whole book. Every part of it brings life and sustenance to us. This year, I'm doing something that I've never done before in my Bible reading. I'm actually reading and also listening to somebody read the Bible through. And I, I got stuck this year. And I got stuck in Psalm 119. Does anybody know anything about Psalm 119? Everybody says the same thing. It's long. It's the longest chapter of the Bible. It's 176 verses. Does anybody know what Psalm 119 is all about? It's all about ingesting, digesting, and living in God's Word. That's what, what the whole psalm is about. In Psalm 119, and I've counted... I counted 179 references to God's word in 176 verses. Now, I, 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 I've read it, I don't know how many times I've read that chapter this year. But I have gone over it and over it and over it. So I, I, I even did this on one of my readings. I thought, okay, every time they mention or the, the psalmist mentions uh, either a name or a reference to God's word, I want to write it down. And here's what I came up with. In Psalm 119, it is referred to as your word, your statutes, your testimonies, your commandments, your law, your precepts, your judgments, your salvation, your righteous judgments, your ordinances, your righteous word, your righteousness, your mercies, your wonderful works, your way, the testimony of your mouth, the commandments of my God, the judgments of your mouth, the law of your mouth, the way of truth, the word of truth, and the word. It is just jam-packed, 176 verses of references to put God's word in your life. People read God's word. I like what it says in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 28, verses 12 and 13, in the New King James, it says this, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. 
But the word of the Lord was to them. Here's the word of the Lord. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. People are broken, they are snared, they are caught, they fall backwards. You know why? Because they're not in God's word. You have problems? Here's the answers. It's, it's all right here. All you have to do is read God's word. Now, you might say, well, you know what? That, that's good for you, but, you know, I'm a busy person. So how can I, how can I know what God's word is going to do? Let me, let me tell you a little bit. If you go home today and you read three or four scriptures and ingest them, you may not feel any different on Monday morning. You may not recognize it. And if you read a little bit more on Monday, you may not totally recognize it on Tuesday. And if you read on Tuesday, you... But if you will keep reading God's word and keep putting into practice little by little, you will be amazed at the transformation that will take place. Out in our backyard, we have an orange tree. And we, we just get a kick out of, out of watching the orange tree. Um. Last year, around Christmas time, well, Thanksgiving through Christmas time, man, we were picking oranges and just eating them left and right and, you know, eating just tons of them, so much so that we had to stop because, man, our mouth was breaking out because of eating all the citrus, but they were great, great oranges, wonderful, juicy oranges. But um, we noticed that the tree wasn't totally healthy. So Barbara went online and started researching, okay, what, what, what can we do? How, do? how do we do this? And so she's kind of taken over the orange tree as far as, as grooming it. And um, I, made, I made one of the mistakes, and I cut one of the wrong branches, but eh, okay. I, I pruned out some other uh, branches. She pruned out some. Chelsea pruned some branches, and we got rid of a lot of the dead on the inside. And then come like February, uh, Barbara had dug a, a, a trench around it to hold the water better, and she put nutrients and, and vitamins in there for citrus trees. And come February, there were all these little white flowers all, all over the tree. And then we started noticing that all the, a lot of the flowers were just, you know, they, they were down on the ground as I was mowing and going by, I, I'd mow them up. And then we noticed that uh, after the, the little white petals left, there were little tiny, probably smaller than the size of a pea, little, little like BB, little green BBs all over the, all over the tree. Little green, like, like, like pea-sized things all over the tree. And then several, many of them fell to the ground. And then the, the, the ones that were left started, started growing a little bit. Day after day, you don't really notice the transition. 
You know what I have here? It looks like a lime, doesn't it? That's one of our oranges. You say, well, you know what? That's not very orange. Ah, they're starting to turn color. If you look closely, you can just see just a hint of yellow on it. You, you, you don't really notice it day to day. But like we were gone several days to this conference. And so last night, I went out and I turned the light on. And I looked at our tree. And I said, like, you know what? I can tell the difference. Because now this is one of the small oranges. We've got these big oranges that are just, they're green, but now they're starting to turn that yellowish color. And you know that the change is taking place day by day. That's how it is with God's word. You may not recognize what God is doing in your life today. But if you do, like the verse says that we read earlier in John chapter 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, watch out. Watch out for what God is going to do. Watch out because God has great things. So the tree has been pruned. New fruit is on there. The fruit is maturing. It's, it's growing. Everything is, everything is great. So much so that Barbara said, Phil, she goes, we, we need to put like pieces of wood or something up to hold the branches up because the weight of the oranges is becoming too great. So I, we went to Home Depot and bought a couple of two-by-fours and put those two-by-fours up, and they are holding the weight of the fruit Last year, you know what? We didn't have to use two-by-fours. This year, because of day-by-day -day care and growth and development, of partnering with God and saying, God, we want to see fruit. We're seeing just an incredible produce on that tree. It's the same way in your life. If you will put God's word in your life, you will see tremendous fruitfulness Point number two. I'm going to move a little quicker now. As far as reading God's word, be a reader, not an editor. Okay, I am not a great letter writer. Generally speaking, when I write a letter or I write something, I will write what I want to communicate and I will turn that over to Barbara because Barbara has that, that gifting of just writing and she can make things sound so much better than I can with the written word. And so I have learned she can do that. that, that, that that's her gifting. That's not my gifting. But one of my observations from pastoring for 40 years is this. People will come and they will often ask me to put my stamp of approval or God's stamp of approval on their lifestyles or their choices, even if those choices run contrary to the Word of God. Okay, can I just take a for instance, and I'm not, I'm not 
talking about anybody here that I, that I know of. But let me just tell you what, what happens, okay? Um, uh, should I be involved in some type of ministry? Or should I be involved maybe in, in sharing Christ with uh, either family members or, or, or people at my work or uh, that I go to school with, uh, people in the neighborhood? Should I share God with them? An old missionary, I heard it years ago, said this, and it's so profound. Why wait for a voice when you have a verse? Why wait for a call when you have a command? You see, the Word of God says, go. Go and make disciples. So, should I be involved in ministry? Hey, no-brainer. I don't even have to pray about it. Why? Because God has spoken. He wants you to be involved. Should you be involved in, in, in sharing the love of Christ with other people? No-brainer. Yes. Definitely. But people will come and say, well, I'm just, I'm tired and I, and I just need a rest. Okay. Trying to say this nicely, but please show me in the Bible where, where people took a rest from what God wanted them to do. Just show me, show me that, and, and, and let me know that. Okay, let, let, let's move on, though, because a lot of times people want to know, is, is it okay for me to do certain behaviors? I make a lousy Holy Spirit. Can I just say that right off the front? That is not my job. That is well above my pay grade. I am not your Holy Spirit. I cannot tell you what's right or wrong in your life. But a lot of times people will come to a pastor and they just want God's stamp of approval on their disobedience. Should I do this? Should I do that? Uh, uh, marriage issues, dating issues, uh, drug use, uh, sexual issues. Uh, what, what, what do I do? Read the word. Read the word. And there are so many answers to what you're going through. But you see, a lot of times people try to edit God's Word. They want to edit God's Word to accommodate their lifestyle and their choices. And we do not have that freedom with God's Word. There is freedom because of God's Word, but we do not have the freedom to change it so that it uh, accommodates us. I like what one of the verses in Psalm 119 that I referred to earlier. In Psalm 119.11, it says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hide God's word in you so that you don't sin. So don't try to rewrite scriptures. Let the scripture rewrite you. The scriptures are infallible. I'm not. I make mistakes. I am definitely fallible. Scripture has not been given to put God's stamp of approval on my lifestyle or on my choices. God gave his word to transform me. And transformation means change. It's as simple as that. Transformation means change. 
It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you want to live a transformed life and yet not change your lifestyle or your choices, good luck. Good luck. I want to be clear in this. And I don't know that that I really have been. The Bible is not there to put its stamp of approval here. God's word has been given to change what is here. I do not have permission to be the editor. The Holy Spirit is the editor. Allow him to work in your life. So don't try to rewrite scriptures. Let scriptures rewrite you. If we want, if we want to see fruitfulness in our lives, then we have to remain in him and him in us. So faithfulness to God's word brings fruitfulness to our lives. Okay, let me go back even a little bit further here. Let's talk Adam and Eve for a second. Okay, Adam and Eve. What was the first sin? It was Eve taking the fruit, right? And eating it. Do we all agree on that? What if, let me just throw a what if, that was the first sin committed. But there are two kinds of sins. There are the sins of commission, and there are sins of omission. Was the first sin, Eve eating the fruit, sin committed, Or was the first sin, Adam and Eve, not properly digesting the word of God? Because when Satan comes to Eve, he says this in uh, in, uh, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman... Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the the garden? That's That's what Satan said. Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, Oh, we may eat of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So, Both the woman and the serpent are guilty of editing. They're already guilty. The man, Adam, was already guilty because he did not properly communicate. If you read back up in chapter 2, it's God talking to Adam. 
And he says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Nothing about touching it, but just about eating off of that tree. So Satan twisted God's word. Eve twisted that God's word. Satan intentionally, but I don't know if Eve intentionally uh, misspoke because she had not been in God's word because of Adam. Adam did not adequately have God's word in his heart. So because of their sins of omission, of leaving God's word out of things, they had the sin of commission and they ate of the fruit. In other words, one of the greatest sins that we can commit as believers, not unpardonable, but a great sin, is not having God's word in our heart. And when we don't have God's word in our heart, it leads to all kinds of destruction. At this conference, I heard it said, you permit what you promote. When you try to edit God's word, what you are doing is you are permitting what you promote. But what you are promoting is not of God all the time. You see, we can't, appease, we can't edit Scripture to appease our consciences and our own behavior. But we need to allow God access into our life. So, we need to read the Scriptures. We need to read but not be an editor. And third and finally, we need to let the Scriptures read us. If you are not reading the Bible, then you're not allowing the Bible to read you. I, uh, I have a, a master's degree, and when I went through the, uh, uh, the grad program uh, at Vanguard University back, boy, back in the 90s, um, um, one of the teachers, I think he's still there, his name is Roger Heiser, and Roger and another uh, uh, professor that was brought in, his name is Norm Shapchuk, they taught a class, and I sat in on that class, and it was just, it was life-changing uh, for me because they really brought this whole concept out in my life as far as allowing the Scriptures to read me. Where do I fit? Where do I fit? You see, in most of the teachings of Christ, um, they are there to teach us how to live our lives in productive, fruitful ways. But if we don't allow the Scripture to read us, we miss it all. We miss it all. The way in which we do this is by seeing ourselves in the Scripture and saying, God, where, where do I fit in this? Jesus taught in parables. Parables are simply made-up stories. And in most of his parables, well, in all of his parables, you can normally find yourself somewhere in the story. But even in his teachings, 
uh, a lot of times we can find ourselves in the particular teaching that, that Jesus is doing. Uh, and this is allowing the scripture to read you. If you have a Bible, open that Bible to Matthew chapter 8. Let, let, me, let me just do this r- real quick, and we're going to unpack just one, one quick story. Um, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 4 through 8, and then we're going to skip down, it's, it's a very familiar story of scripture. Uh, And when a great multitude, this is Matthew chapter 8, starting with verse 4. And when a great multitude had gathered, they had come to him from every city, and he spoke by parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed some seed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 7. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and it uh, uh, sprang up with it and choked it. Verse eight. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had finished these things, he uh, he cried, "Who has ears to hear? Let him hear." In other words, who understands the story? And so everybody was acting very pious, but when they went away, the disciples said, um, uh, Jesus, uh, your story out there, very good story. Um, what does it mean? What does it mean? So Jesus said in verse 11, now this is the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13, But one, the ones on the rocks are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in a time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Verse 15, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So there you have it. Where are you in the story? Can you relate with the good ground, the thorny ground, the rocks, the wayside? Or can you relate with, hey, the sower, the sower, he's, he's the one, that's, that's Jesus, that's God. And he sows seed. What is seed? Seed is the word. How about, uh, how about the multitude? Are you just one of the multitude? Wh- which one are you? Are you just sitting back looking at Jesus and saying, you know what? Don't know about you don't know about. I'm curious. I want to know more, but I just don't know if I, I, I totally buy in with everything that you're saying. Allow the scripture to read you. Where do you fit in this story? Who do you relate with the most? Allow scripture to read you. But you know what? You can only allow scripture to read you if you read the scripture. I want to encourage you. Pastor Kyle encouraged all of us to increase our prayer. 
this past week. I want to encourage you to read the word more this week. Pick a passage of scripture and unpack it. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Again, we have a lot of anemic Christians because we're not being self-feeders. But we need to be self-feeders. We need to allow God to work in our lives and to live in us. I'm going to preach again in two weeks. And uh, this is like spoiler alert, okay? If you, if you want to read the text, it's going to be um, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. So I think they've even got a slide with, with, with that on there. R- write that down. And, and really between now and in two weeks, read it and reread it and, and think about it and dwell on it and just say, hey, where, 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 where do I fit here? Where, where, do I, where do I see me in that story? But become a self-feeder of God's word and allow God to speak to you as you read his word. But people, unless we get into God's word, unless we become people of prayer, uh, unless we become people who read God's word, we are destined to be anemic believers. I don't think you want that. I know I don't want that. Am I perfect at this? No, not by a long shot. Am I perfect at prayer? Not by a long shot. But I want to do better that I'm doing today. I feel like at times I'm that that little pea size orange on the tree. Just starting. Sometimes I feel that way. Other times I feel like, hey, okay, I'm making progress here. I'm growing. You know what? I'll, I'll bring an orange back in two weeks. And you can see the growth and the development. But this one here, like I said, it's about the size of a lime. It looks more like a lime than it does an orange. But give it time of abiding in the vine, of abiding in the branches, and watch what God will do. Give yourself time in God's word. And day by day, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, watch how God can grow in you and how God can grow you. Would you bow your heads? The worship team is going to be coming up as they play. I just want, I just want to give opportunity to those that are here live to be able to respond to God's word. And in just a moment, I'm just going to ask if you want, if you would like prayer either to increase your prayer life or to increase your, your, Bible, uh, your Bible time, your Bible life, you want prayer for that. Because you know what? It, it, does, it, it takes time. It takes intentionality. That's what, it, that's what you have to do. We're going to have some people uh, up front that are going to pray for you. We're going to have people in the back. If you want to slip into the back, uh, feel free to do that as well. But we, we just want to be here for you, to pray with you. And you just need to know that God loves you 
and that God cares about what you're going through. God wants to bring about growth and maturity. Whether you feel like that little budding flower on the tree or the the little tiny pea on the tree or or the, the growing and developing orange, and I can't wait, I can't wait for after Thanksgiving when I can pick fresh oranges off the tree. I cannot wait for that. That's going to be so cool. I feel the same way in my growth and development of Jesus, with Jesus Christ. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in my life. I cannot wait to see the differences that he is going to make. I may not recognize him tomorrow, but I know that if I abide in him and he abides in me, that I'm going to see that growth and that development, that maturity of his will coming to fruition in my life. Lord, right now, I just pray for every person that is here today. God, I just ask that you would be near us, that you would bless us, that you would use us. Lord, help us as we dive into your word, as we dive into prayer. God, help us to grow. Help us to develop in you. And we will give you the honor and the glory for that. I'm just going to ask you if you'd go ahead and stand. And as you, uh, as you stand, if you, would like, uh, if you would like prayer, I just want you to know that I'm going to be here. I know uh, Pastor Barbara is going to be in the back. If you, want, if you want prayer and just say, hey, you know what? I need to, I need to grow. I need to develop as a believer. That, that's what we want. Again, we're trying to raise up an army of self-feeders. So the worship team is going to play, and as they play and as they sing, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Go deeper. Go deeper with Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.